Hello, I'm John Smizer coming to you from Southern California area. And I must tell you that I truly uh, love uh, the United States area where I live in the uh, Pacific Southwest. And in this area, there are some magnificent, magnificent areas to visit, national parks and others. One of the great areas is the Grand Canyon. And it reminds me of Habakkuk when it speaks of God who took the rivers and cut into the earth. And it was that God shaped that earth. Now also there's an area called uh, Yosemite Valley. And in Yosemite Valley, God used glaciers to come down through and carve the granite rocks. And they're, they're magnificent edifices. They're these huge rock outcroppings. One is called El Capitan, and then the other is called Half Dome. But the whole valley is how God uses His hand to create something magnificent. Now, I was there one time in Yosemite when we were having earthquakes, and one part of the whole valley, as it was shaking, came down the cliffs, and it just rushed in, and it it, it took some uh, structures out. I don't believe anybody was hurt at that time, but those great creations are still in process of uh, change. They're, they're descending, they're, they're, they're collapsing. We're going to look a little bit here into the closing part of Hebrews and see how God's hand is still at work today. And we want to follow Him, hear Him, in the eternal truths he wants to teach us. Let's go to the Word. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it beg that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. This sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. 
The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Here we come to the last section in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to be looking at a portion that is very interesting. It reflects back in the history of Israel. It opens up here at verse 18 when it says, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. What was the natural response to that kind of event? Well, it tells us in the next verse 21, it says, the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Okay, where are we at? Geographically, where are we standing right now? Well, it's right beside the Mount Sinai. It was where God came down and spoke to the children of Israel through Moses. The giving of the Ten Commandments and the uh, judgments that were going to be dictated out to the people. Here's the law. You must obey. You must do this. You cannot do that. And it was a fearful thing. So much so that the children of Israel says, no more, no more, we can't take it. And Moses himself, who saw God, or the backside of God, he said, I was fearful. So Hebrews is telling us, we've not come to that mountain. Okay, we have a whole lot of witnesses watching us. We have some discipline for our life. Well, what kind of mountain have we come to? It goes on in verse 22. Okay, I'm sorry, rabbit trail, rabbit. You remember that one of my favorite words in the Bible was therefore. But another one of my favorite words is but. So he says, you've not come to this mountain, verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come... Uh, to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose name was written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of righteousness, not made, but is made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now, Abel's sacrifice given to God was acceptable, but the blood of Jesus Christ was even better. The idea here that Hebrews is trying to share with us, that we have not come to the uh, awesome, powerful uh, visual of Mount Sinai with the lightning and the cloud and the, the struggle that people would have as they would hear God speaking from. No, we've come to a place where God, where Jesus Christ shed blood, 
has made it possible for us to gain access to God, that it would be uh, the grace of God extended to us. Now, there's a heresy that we have to be very careful of because so often there was a heresy, I think it was in the third, fourth century that rose up that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. It's not so. That's not the way it is. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament who had given His Son to pay the price for our sin so that 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 price of sin was covered by His shed blood. Now in that, made possible, it goes on in verse 25, see to it that you do not refuse Him who speaks. If we thought of God as just a a gracious God, the man upstairs, a grandfatherly type God who just extends every benefit to us, We've missed the point, folks. When He speaks to us, when He lays on our heart by the Holy Spirit some direction, some discipline, some guidance for us, there's a warning here. Do not reject it. Do not turn a deaf ear. Do not take God's grace and use it as a license to sin even more. Because in Romans, Paul says, may it never be in Romans 6 when somebody says, well, if, I, if grace abounds, may it abound more if I sin more. He said, no, no, it's not that way. But we have come to the place where the earth that shook is no longer the law that is given to us. What is given to us is something eternal, something that is unshakable. See, the Grand Canyon's going to go down. Yosemite's going to go down. But God's grace will always last. It's eternal. So it will never be shaken so that we will not receive God's grace. Today, open yourself to God's grace in all His work for you. When we're warned to be listening for God's word to us. There's also another word. Remember my word for today was but. And we're going to revisit in the last verse my other word, therefore, when it says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that eternal kingdom of God, that uh, grace of God, the love of God, that can never be shaken, where the material world, the things that we handle, we see, that we could touch. Those things are gone. They're going away. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. I want to draw your attention to that reverence and awe because the next verse says, for our God is a consuming fire. He's not different. He's still God. But His love and peace through Jesus Christ covers that sin in our life. I pray today you would listen for God's Word to you. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the law that prepared and showed us the way. 
that you gave to Moses and instructions to the children of Israel for those who would listen an understanding of what you call on us to do, to honor you, to, to respect you, to not uh, blaspheme against you, to honor our parents, to care for our neighbors. Lord, those things are critical for our lives because we would live a more wholesome life, a more fulfilled life, complete life. Father, but now there's that journey with you. Guide us these days to follow you and realize you're still the God of all creation. Father, bless us this day. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer.